0: Hey, BSN listeners. As we do a lot on the BSN Nuggets podcast, got to start off with telling you guys about Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is a game changing coffee. It's the CBD enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD infused coffee has taken away everything from long term migraines to back pain and arthritis, IBS. It has helped to decrease anxiety you name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is also just flat out rich and tasty and we couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today, and you can receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into a brand new edition of the BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind here as always. We are presented, of course, by the good folks over at The Green Solution. You guys, make sure to visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. And if you use code BSN20, you can save 20% off your entire purchase. Harrison Wint here has always joined across the table, as I have been, on a couple editions of the BSN Nuggets podcast over the last couple of weeks, BSN Denver's Andre Simone. We got a lot to get to today. I wrote about on BSNDenver.com, Jamal Murray, what to expect from him next year, and if he could have a similar fourth season in the NBA to what Damian Lillard had in his fourth season when Lillard kind of made maybe that first leap of his career. Mm -hmm. So we'll get into that. And then also, I want to jump around the Northwest Division. Haven't really spoken about a lot of the other teams that Denver will be competing against a lot in the division next season, but there's been a lot of movement and the division heading into next season, I think looks a lot different than it did as last season ended so i, I want to get to that and kind of check the temperature of a bunch of teams in the nuggets division but andre first off how's it going i think it's been a week since we've had you on the pod yeah what have is, you been up
1: to in the last week this is becoming our tuesday uh tradition here i love it i uh Jeez, I've been working, man. I, I can't even remember what I've been doing. I can barely remember what I've been doing uh, 10 minutes ago. That's right. A,
0: well, you are the five-tool player of BSM Denver. Uh, I guess so.
1: I guess that's part of it. And uh, my terrible memory is my six-tool. So there you go.
0: <laughs> but uh, you're right. We have done this the last couple of Tuesdays before we've recorded the the sorry the Denver Sports Podcast. Please get it right, yes. Uh, if you guys haven't downloaded that or listened to that, I'd recommend subscribing it's on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you download your podcasts from. Just like all our podcasts are on the BSN Denver Network and pretty much just me, Ryan Coningsbury, who covers the Broncos for us, Drew Kreisman, who covers the Rockies, A.J. Hayfley, who covers the Avalanche, talking about Denver sports. You know, we don't get into the minutia of the NBA salary cap per se, but if you're just <laughs> looking for a casual discussion about, you know, your Denver sports teams, I think it's a good show.
1: It's an amazing show. You guys do an incredible job. Yeah, definitely. Um, you also do an incredible job. You're a phenomenal writer, and uh, this piece was very interesting with uh, the the Dame-Murray comparison. I, uh, I, I got to say, I, I first read the headline and saw the thesis and thought, hmm, let's see, let's see. Mm-hmm. And then you have a statistical comparison in there, and I was like, huh. Ah. Boy, I mean, I guess they're comparable, but Dame's numbers early on were were better. But then you realize once you take into account age, the comp starts
0: to fit a lot more. And also because Damian Lillard came into the league and was immediately Portland's starting point guard and playing like 38 minutes a game.
1: Which is incredible.
0: That's the other big difference in the comparison right there. Murray came off the bench for a year, obviously, and then had to fight to earn that starting point guard spot. And, mm-hmm. you know, even then wasn't playing more than, you know, 33, 34 minutes a game. Lillard right. came into the league. I couldn't believe this, but, you know, going back and looking at Lillard's numbers from his rookie year, 38.6 minutes per game he played. A career for Portland high as a rookie in 2013. Wild. Around 39 minutes per game. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's and incredible. Already, already taking 15 attempts per game. Yeah. Like, really insane how he just got to the league and was instantly running the show for him.
0: I, I guess where I started with the comparison and, and why I initially wanted to look into it a little further, it's because I've always compared just Murray's style of play to Lillard. and, and I've always said this, uh, and listeners of this podcast know, I've always thought that Murray has a ceiling that's like i'd say a little bit above where damian lillard is right now like mm-hmm. as if you're talking about as good as jamal murray can ever be in this league i think it's you know a little bit above damian lillard like between lillard and curry but i just feel like they're kind of similar archetypes of players yeah like, score first point guards yep. who you know they're not like russell westbrook caliber athletes right, but absolutely. above average athletes and they both feel like they've kind of crafted their games to fit their uh, abilities, like they're mm-hmm. really both amazing tough shot makers. Yep. They have really deadly step backs. Both of those guys do. Right. And just I feel like they play similar to one another and even like their demeanor on the court. They both want to take that last shot. They've always been comfortable, Lillard and Murray, going back to early in their careers and still really early, early right. in Murray's career. Yeah. But shouldering the blame for a loss if they miss that. Potential game-winning or shot in the final couple minutes. So Murray and Lillard, uh, I've always just seen that comparison.
1: Yeah, I like that. I think maybe coming into the league from Weber State, Lillard had a little more bounce to him. But as his games evolved, he definitely fits that archetype you just described uh, more of. And then, you know, the other thing is Murray to me is—I mean, he's—he's a little bigger, right, and could play off-ball a little more. Uh, can be more of that two guard if you need and mix and match Mm -hmm. a little better. Of course, Lillard's made it work with another kind of lead guard like CJ. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's an interesting dynamic there. Uh, And then I guess maybe Lillard a bit better of a shooter now, but Murray's got that upside where he could be as good, if not maybe slightly better.
0: Yeah, so look at Lillard's first three years in the league from three. 37% his rookie year, up to 39.5% his sophomore year, and then down to 34% his third season. Murray, 33% his rookie year, up to 38%, and then settled in at 37% last year. So, kind of similar over Mm -hmm. those first three years. And then, yeah... Lowered at 37% last year. Definitely regarded as, I think, a better shooter than his numbers indicate.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, because yeah. you see those wild shots that he makes and mm-hmm. those incredible step-backs, and you think, oh, gosh, this guy's money at the level of a Steph Curry, but maybe not as efficient as those guys mm-hmm. as a Steph Curry, which, yeah, well, big whoop. Maybe the <laughs> most efficient uh, shooter in the history of the NBA. Um, but, yeah, I think, uh, I think the comp's right there. And then... After that third season, in year four, he's kind of leveled out, Dame has, as a 30, right around that 37, low 37s, high 36-point shooting. Yeah.
0: and Murray, as a shooter, what kind of shooter do you think he kind of levels out at? Because he's obviously not the 33% shooter he was his rookie year. I think he's going to be pretty close to, like, the 38% guy, maybe even a 39% guy that he was from 3 during 2018 he's going to get a lot of open looks right um you wonder if his usage is going to go up this year a little bit which i definitely think it will yeah um but i think he'll settle in anywhere from like 37 and a half to 38 and a half percent from three that it seems like the type of shooter i think he'll be
1: i mean i think that's reasonable that was always his calling card more so mm-hmm. than lillard when he came into the league was his shot the bigger question with murray coming in from kentucky was does he have that quick twitch ability to create yeah. space for himself yeah. you know and he's definitely proven that a he can and b he's in an offense where You know, you don't need to create one-on-one shots for yourself as much. Mm -hmm. You need to just let things flow within the offense, and you're going to find your shots. Yeah. And, I mean, that could lead him to definitely be more efficient than Lillard, which is exciting if you're a Nuggets fan.
0: Right. Murray, yeah, he's never had that elite, like, first step. Mm -hmm. And and even last year sometimes, like, he'd get big switched out to him on an island. Right. Wouldn't be able to shake him. Wouldn't be able to go buy him. You know he, he'd still be able to get off a decent look for him because like I mentioned, he's developed a pretty deadly step back. Yeah. He's got that up and under move that he goes to a lot. Uh, so he, he's still you know managed to develop into a, a, I think what will be a, a fairly good ISO score? Absolutely. Um, with, you know without that really quick burst that allows him to go right. by anyone.
1: Well, and the other thing is that I was thinking as we were prepping for this pod, and you know this better than me, and I'd love your insights on this. The thing is, even though he had this breakout career season, was Murray ever fully healthy last year? I mean, how beat up was he truly? How much was he roughing through ankle injuries and other lower body? Oh, uh, like yeah, stuff? he was
0: beat up for most of the year. I think the healthiest he was, it was probably late in the season, No, maybe in the playoffs a little bit, but he even had little ankle things here and there in the playoffs. I mean, he had an ankle injury through training camp and through the preseason that lingered for like like the first month. And I think that contributed to him getting off to a really poor start shooting the ball. And then, yeah, you're right. He he, he was really never like healthy for probably more than a, a
1: two week stretch. Right. Absolutely. And if your ankles are messing with you, then, yeah, you're not going to be as quick twitch or as lethal on the first step. So think of what a healthy Jamal, a truly healthy Jamal Murray could do. And those slight improvements could really prove to be drastic Mm -hmm. in his production. Um, Another part of this where I think maybe... It's an interesting comp, but Murray needs to raise his level to get to to where Lillard's at is uh, as a distributor and as a, as a passer, you know. And obviously it helps when Lillard has so much, you know, the usage rate is so much higher um, and he's just having to carry the load from when he's first got to the league. But I think maybe in part because of the injuries, Murray was able to do to find ways to contribute to winning outside of just being a scorer.
0: Yeah, and, and we did see, we did see glimpses of him mm-hmm. as that passer, right? As that pick and roll guy with Jokic when Denver just had all those injuries and those two were really forced to foster a, a really strong chemistry. And yeah. we saw that a little bit. I think we'll see even more of that going forward.
1: Yeah, that two man game became lethal. I mm. mean, they could realistically threat to be one of you know, right there with uh, KD and Irving and LeBron and AD as one of the most lethal one-two punches in the entire league. Ooh. Um, right? That, hey, mark that down for next Tuesday's uh, pod topic. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it's a comp that gets me excited. Another comp that I um, I see in Murray is uh, D'Angelo Russell, okay. who as a 21-year-old... Maybe more comparable size-wise to Murray, right? More of that combo guard than a true point guard. Sure. And then really made that jump from his 21-year-old season, his first year in Brooklyn, to then last year becoming much more of a you know, a, a low-key star in the NBA and earning a, a huge contract once he turned 22. And it'll be interesting to see what happens from there on with D'Lo and see if last year was just an aberration or what have you. Um, But that's another comp that I think kind of fits if you're being more conservative, you know.
0: And Um, he also gets the max deal. Yeah, exactly. Like Murray. And that's another... uh, There's actually a a lot of interesting, like, Lillard-Murray parallels. Like, in the playoffs last year, I I put this in the article, but Jamal Murray became the first player to average 21.3 points, 4.4 rebounds, and 4.7 assists per game in one of his first three seasons in the playoffs since Lillard in 2014, wild. And then, if you also go back, the Blazers gave Lillard the five-year max rookie extension. You know, in the summer right. after his third right. season, just like the Nuggets just gave Murray the five-year max extension. So yep. there's a lot of similarities there, mm-hmm. and I've like I said earlier, I think their play style is is similar to and really the crux of the argument and the crux of the comparison is after his third season, after he got that max extension, Lillard goes from 21 points per game to 25 points per game. Yep. And really, if you remember at the time, everybody thought he was one of the you know up-and-coming best lead ball handlers in the league after his third year. Kind of like how people think of Jamal Murray, I think. Yeah. And then after yep. his fourth year when his – Went up to 25 points per game and uh, really had a career year for him up until that point. That's when people were like, all right, Damian Lillard, you know, he's franchise cornerstone in Portland. He's going to be a guy who's going to be in the mix for right. all NBA every year. And I think the Nuggets are hoping that Murray takes, you know, maybe not the same leap because, again, like I said, the age is a big factor here. Yeah. Lillard was 24 during his third season. Murray was 21 for most of it. Yeah. But they're hoping Murray has a big fourth-year leap like Lillard did. I mean,
1: that'd be huge for for this Nuggets team. Another comp um, where they're comparable is they're incredibly durable. Right. You know, uh, uh, Lillard's never played fewer than 73 games in his career. Hmm. Murray's never played fewer than 75. You know, you keep that up and they're... You're producing at that kind of efficiency, good things are going to happen. The thing is, in this offense, could Murray ever be n- needed to be that 25-point scorer? Like, where does no, he level out? No, he doesn't out? need to be, but I'll tell you, he probably wants to be. Oh, he definitely, I mean, you he's know? got that killer mentality. Yeah,
0: he, he wants to put up 25 points per game. No, he doesn't need to. Right. You no, know, he, he, <laughs> right. he needs to average, like, 17 points a game, maybe. Oh yeah. You know?
1: right, right, absolutely. He doesn't
0: need to, but I could see a world where he does.
1: Oh, I I'm with you hundred percent. And then always in the article you uh you had a great graphic on how they both compare in shooting in tight space. Yeah. And that goes back to your whole point on how they're they're great in, you know, making tough shots. Mm-hmm. Low percentage shots become high percentage shots in their hands.
0: Right. In the playoffs last year, Jamal Murray shot 57% from the field when he was tightly guarded, very tightly guarded, sorry. Absurd. (laughs) According to NBA.com, when the closest (laughs) defender was 0 to 2 feet away. Sometimes that data is a little faulty, sure. but I feel like there's a decent enough sample size there to to take something away from it. And when he was wide open, when the closest defender was at least 6 feet away, he only shot 38% from the field.
1: Yeah, so got to improve in that.
0: Yeah, so 57% from the field when he was very tightly guarded, only 38% from the field he shot when he was wide open. Yeah. So yeah, definitely one of the league's best shot makers, mm-hmm. tough shot makers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that just kind of adds to his upside. All right, we'll get back to that discussion in a moment. A few more things I want to hit on there for sure. But right now, it's time to take a second to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BS in Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, most people's personal favorite, the world-famous avalanche, their classic American amber ale, but they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling this a light-hearted coal shale, but for those of you who have no idea what that means, this is a light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breck beer and make sure you look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. You'll be able to see all the events that we have planned and we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time. Let's hit a break real quick. And then on the other side, more talk about Jamal Murray and Damian Lillard. What does Jamal Murray have to improve on to make that fourth year leap that we've been talking about? we'll be right back.
2: Green Mountain Dental Group is a family-owned business that has been a staple in Lakewood for over 40 years. Whether it's cosmetic, oral surgery, or preventative dentistry, at Green Mountain Dental Group, you will find nothing but the best. For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x ray and exam. Just mention BSN Denver.
0: All right, welcome back to the show. Harrison Wind here. Alongside BSN Denver's Andre Simone, we are, of course, presented by the Green Solution. Make sure to visit mygreensolution.com and use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Here on the BSN Nuggets podcast, I've got a few other things I, I want to pick your brain about when it comes to the Murray-Lillard comparison. Yeah, Lillard is, like, probably regarded across the league as one of the top clutch shot makers. And, like, he's yeah. won two playoff series, you know, in the past several seasons just on a three-pointer. Uh, yeah. We all remember him waving goodbye, the Thunder last year on well, probably one of the greatest I mean, playoff shots
1: of all time. And now, in retrospect, how he completely he like ended the Russell Westbrook era yeah. in Oklahoma City on that. Oh man, he might have ended insane. the
0: Oklahoma City Thunder.
1: Yeah, for all
0: we know. Yeah,
1: um, a man, team that at one point had three MVPs gets ended by Lillard just waving bye bye.
0: Yeah. Man, what a moment. Yeah, no kidding.
1: I kind of got chills just talking about that, yeah.
0: And, um, you know, there's always been those debates about, like, is the clutch gene real? Mm -hmm. We were even talking about this a little on the Denver Sports Podcast last week, but is clutch a real thing in sports? Right. I think it is a little bit, but Lillard definitely has a clutch gene if there is one. And um, I'm not sure if Murray has it yet because, like, I'm not ready to say he has it yet because mm-hmm. he just hasn't made those shots, mm-hmm. but I do think there's something to say that he wants the ball in those situations, oh, yeah. and he wants to take that last shot, and he, of course, wants, wants the glory, but he's also cool with shouldering the blame right. if those shots don't go in. Like, right. I remember that elbow jumper he had against San Antonio. What was that, in game one of that first-round series? He missed that elbow yeah, jumper. Yeah. And pretty much shouldered all the blame for the loss. Mm-hmm. And you know at twenty two years old, that's tough to do. Um, but yeah. that's another reason why I've thought they're similar in some ways, just like their makeup as a player, their demeanor on the floor. And um
1: I think that bodes well for Murray. I mean, he's definitely got that killer instinct and that that closer's mentality, you know. Mm-hmm. And that that shot and that one on one prowess that allows him to to be that guy. Cause you know, you can have that killer mentality, but if you're Shaq and all you can do is score two feet under the hoop and yeah, it's just a little different when that your you. point guard has, that. right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, it's a, uh, it's a lot more efficient. You know, I'm looking at their per 36 figures in their first three years. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. They're almost identical.
0: So maybe I should have included that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. we'll, we'll add it in. Post. Um, yeah, so it's wild. Uh, you you're getting me more and more onto this comp, um, which is just exciting as a as someone who follows the Nuggets and thinks they can do big things this year.
0: The other thing that always sticks out with me when I look at Lillard is his leadership. He's mm-hmm. probably considered one of the best leaders in the NBA right now, don't you think? Ah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I'd have to be up there.
0: Mm-hmm. And like Murray, definitely has. A ways to go in that department, Mm -hmm. but you know, when you ask around the Nuggets locker room, people will tell you, you know, when he has something to say, he'll say it and guys will listen, right? And I think the age factor also is in this as well, for sure. Where you know, Lillard obviously seven years older than Murray, you know, (laughs) Lillard's 28, Murray's 22 or six years older, right? And um, or I think Murray Lillard just turned 29, so. I guess seven. Yeah. And, um, you know, even in his fourth season, Lillard was 25 and definitely in a position to take on a leadership role where Murray's still pretty young and he's got some veterans in the Nuggets locker room as well.
1: Well, Murray's a gym rat, you know, maybe there's some, some maturity stuff that at 21, 22, you can still improve on. Uh, but he's a gym rat, hard worker, loves the game, has that mentality to him. Coach's son, right? Through and through. Yeah, definitely. And you just wonder how Murray's going to evolve as
0: a leader going forward. I I could see a scenario where, you know, he's that guy for Denver a couple years from now when he is 25, which Lillard was in his fourth year.
1: Yeah, I could see that, too. Yeah, these uh, next—how long was the contract, the max he signed?
0: Well, it's a five-year deal that kicks in not next year, but in 2020, 2021. So it's going to kick in when he's 24,
1: yeah it'll be and interesting run for the next see, right right that that sweet spot of when that kicks in should mm-hmm. really be where murray's able to to hit those kind of highs that lillard's achieved i mean we're talking about what a borderline top five player in the nba then and that's what we're saying the ceiling is yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> pretty crazy and I think unanimous or almost unanimously, Jokic is already seen as a borderline top ten to top twelve guy in the league. Oh yeah, I mean he's definitely
0: a top ten guy. I uh, you can make the argument he's like top seven probably.
1: Absolutely. I mean he is all NBA first team, so you could argue he's top five. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, and that's the making of a a, a franchise contender year in year out, having two guys who are bonafide top 10 best players in the NBA.
0: Well, that's actually the next thing I want to ask you about because my biggest takeaway from how quickly Denver acted to get the Murray extension done, a summer after they obviously acted very quickly to Mm -hmm. get the Jokic extension done, my takeaway is that the Nuggets believe that a core of Jokic and Murray, Mm -hmm. surrounded by the right pieces, of course, Mm -hmm. but a a core of those two guys has them set up to be a contender in the West year in, year out for the next four or five years.
2: Jamal Murray and Nicole
0: Jokic at the center of what the Nuggets are trying Mm -hmm. to do. That means in the Nuggets minds that they're going to be in contention for the
1: Western Conference championship every year. I mean, can you blame them? They were at the center of a 54 win team when right. they were in their extremely early 20s. So. No,
0: that that's their belief, and and you I know. probably share that belief too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So that's what the Nuggets are thinking, you know, when they move to get this extension done. Mm-hmm. What does Jamal Murray have to do? Where does he have to improve to make that fourth year leap yeah. like Lillard? We should probably go there now. It probably just starts. With consistency? Yes. Yep. And that was the thing that most people were harping on Murray, myself included, last year. And it's really one of the toughest things for young players, young point guards oh, to do yeah. especially. Yeah. He would have those nights where he looks great, you know, shoots 10 of 15 from the field, right. 25, 30 points. It comes back the next night, shoots 3 of 12 from the field yeah. for 15 points, and you know, misses a bunch of shots in the fourth quarter. So consistency is probably the biggest thing for him, right?
1: Yep, finding ways to get his buckets on a consistent basis even when the shot's not falling. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one of the hardest things for shooters, period, is just finding other ways to have an impact when that shot isn't falling. And the shot needs to get a little more consistent as well. You know, obviously that's the strength of his game, but... And that could maybe start in being more aggressive and get into the line more often where he is one of the premier free throw shooters in the NBA already. That would be a great add-on.
0: He only took how many free throws per game last year? Only took three free throws per game last year, Jamal Murray. Yeah, need more than that, right? Damian Lillard last year took six and a half. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Murray's got to get to the line more because like you said, he's probably going to knock down two in a row when he gets there.
1: Yeah, and I mean to be to be one of the great scorers in the NBA, you need to get to the line.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You Definitely. just need to. That's one of the ways you put pressure on defenses, mm-hmm. and that'll open up space for your shot. Then you know, um, so seeing that more, and I think as a as a creator, you'd like to see those assist numbers go up just a little more. Mm-hmm. You know, if the free throw attempts could go from three and a half to like double that, or even just get to six, and the assists could go from four point eight to about six as well, all of a sudden, yeah, you have a, a bonafide star in your backcourt. He's also got
0: to work on his defense. He's got to get better defensively. 100%. And, like, Lillard isn't like, – he's obviously not an all-NBA defender, Damian Lillard. Right. You know, you can cut those elite scores some slack on that end of the floor because yes. they just do so much for you on offense. He, he doesn't totally. need to be, you know, necessarily an above-average defender. Lillard doesn't. No you know but Murray, he, he's probably got to develop into at the very least you know an average defender at the point guard position yeah cuz that's honestly been my biggest question with how the nuggets roster is constructed with him and gary harris in the backcourt together yeah. like are those two long enough and, and you know yeah. we've talked about how denver doesn't have that defensive force at the three maybe that changes this year with jeremy grant a little bit but you know can Murray and, and Harris and whoever's at the three, can those guys be a strong enough defensive force together, you know, to to not let you know, the nuggets take on water too much on that end of the floor.
1: Absolutely. And to me, that's the biggest question in a core that's built around Jokic and Murray, if those are really your your two pillars that mm-hmm. the franchise is built on, is well, can one of those two not be a, a, a defensive minus? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Jokic can only do so much because defensively he's just not, he's just not the level of athlete that most other guys in seven-footers in the NBA are at the five. Mm-hmm. Murray, though, has that size advantage on a lot of NBA point guards. Right, And so that's a nice starting point, at least, to be better defensively. He's also a little more well-built. You know, I think he's got like 20 pounds on, on Dame, for example.
0: No, yeah. Murray has fine size at the point guard position. He's right. got the size to be an effective defender there.
1: Right. So that's a good starting point. You know, per 100 possessions, um, his career average offensive rating is a 109. His career average defensive rating is a 113. Yeah. So that's a minus four net rating. That, that should be flipped on its head, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're, you're swimming in gravy.
0: Here's where I am with Jokic as a defender, kind of going back to what you were saying about yeah. them building a core around those two and the questions that there are defensively. Heading into last year, I feel like the narrative was like, oh, the Nuggets will never be able to have a consistent top 10 defense because of Nikola Jokic. For sure. That narrative is gone now. <laughs> yeah, um, right. And Jokic, I think, proved last year that I think he'll be fine defensively. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe if the Nuggets run into, you know, the Warriors or, or the Rockets in the playoffs, he could be exposed a little. Right. Um. But, but I think for the large part, the Nuggets can be fine defensively yeah. long term with him at the center position. I think he proved that last year. He proved that in the playoffs, and yeah, mate, the Nuggets just aren't a good matchup for the Rockets if those two teams face each other. Yeah, but no you doubt. know what, Rudy Gobert can't stand stay on the floor uh, against Houston either. Right. So, um, right.
1: That's a problem for a lot of teams. I mean, yeah. there's a reason James Harden's like scoring at a historic rate, and you know, I think with Jokic, they've kind of found a solution with someone like Millsap paired next to him mm-hmm. um, down low. As you were saying, we got to see if that Gary Harris Murray combo can be you know promised to be as special as it as it looks on paper and has splashed at times
0: I also think Murray he's got to work on his handle a little bit and that's also a big separator uh-huh. when you're looking at him and Lillard yep he has got to tighten up that handle a little bit that's true that's something that you can improve on easily though by, Total. by yourself Totally, as, as opposed to defense which you know is yeah. more about watching film and, and just kind of you know, ironing out some things there. Ball handling, Effort. you can just get in the gym and do some drills. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll see what kind of player he comes back uh, as next year. Uh, I want to remind you guys, if you're not subscribed to BSN Denver, this is a great time to get on board. We're running a sale. You can get 60% off a subscription. And you can also get a free t-shirt of your choice from com. Nuggets, Rockies, Broncos, Avalanche shirts on there. So what the deal is, you go to bsndenver.com backslash subscribe and use the code BroncosCamp. All one word, all capitals, B R O N C O S C A M P, And you can get a membership that comes out to $2.91 a month. Yeah. You obviously get access to our Nuggets content, also Broncos Avalanche Rockies content as well. Also, all written content on BSN Denver.com now comes in audio form. So if you don't have time to read one of our stories, you can listen to it. Uh, So bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. Use promo code BroncosCamp to get a membership for $2.91 a month. Before we move on, I do want to bounce around the Northwest Division a little before we get out of here. Uh, A quick word from Strava Craft Coffee. We're really excited to tell you guys about some game-changing coffee. StravaCraft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped to decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. Coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout. And you'll get it shipped straight to your door. Back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast, Harrison Wind here alongside Andre Simone. Of course, we're presented by The Green Solution. If you visit MyGreenSolution.com and use code BSN20, you can get 20% off your entire purchase. Let's bounce around the Northwest Division a little bit. Yeah, Take the temperature of some of these teams. I feel like the Northwest Division, from last year to this upcoming year, it went from clearly the toughest division in the league... Mm So one that's still tough. Still got the Jazz, you still got the yeah. Blazers, but not as tough as it was last year. Um what's just kind of your impression of this division with how the Thunder and uh Timberwolves I feel like they've right. dropped off obviously OKC has but uh, yeah. even Minnesota a bit from what they were, you know, at the start of last season.
1: Right, yeah, from what they were at the start of last season. Well, I was just thinking, like, Minnesota from that
0: perspective, Minnesota seemed like maybe a potential playoff team last year. And and heading into this year, I would be surprised if they're in the conversation for a playoff spot.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think they're one of, like, three teams in the Western Conference that aren't trying to outright make the playoffs, you know, like they're not all in. Potentially, yeah. God, it's just brutal that conference and now that i look at it i think it's still the toughest division in basketball yeah (laughs) still though i mean and last year all but one team in the the t wolves made it to the playoffs Mm -hmm. and the t wolves of course made it the year prior with the nuggets being left out um so it's uh yeah it's been brutal and while those two teams have dropped off a little i mean the thunder quite a bit the jazz have definitely improved I think the Nuggets have improved. I agree. Um, And the Blazers are kind of the the most interesting of that trio because they've made some moves, and I don't know if they've improved at all.
0: Yeah, the Blazers, I definitely don't think they've improved. I think they've taken a step back, actually.
1: Not a Whiteside fan, huh?
0: Definitely not. Oh,
1: all right. (laughs) I love it.
0: Uh, And they also lost... Their two best defenders yeah, in Mo, Hark- Mo Harkless and Al-Faric and replaced yeah. them with Kent Bazemore and Mario Hazonia. Yikes. <laughs> That's a big downgrade.
1: Yeah. You, That's a big downgrade. You've added two real head cases in Whiteside and Hazonia too. <laughs> yeah. H&H over there. Uh, Going to be tough to handle in that locker room. Dame's got his work cut out as a leader.
0: Yeah. I- I think Portland's definitely taking a step back. They'll be solid. Don't get me wrong. Uh, The Trailblazers aren't going to drop off. I I definitely, obviously, project them to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. But I think they're clearly a tier below the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Rockets. Even a tier below the Warriors in my book. Yeah, totally. um, Who who I think are getting slept on a lot here. Yes. But, um, yeah, Portland losing... Those guys on the perimeter, they'll be able to score. Yeah, uh, But defensively, I've got a lot of question marks.
1: Right. I mean, because what's the plan? To start Zach Collins at the four with Whiteside? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I get that Dame and McCollum are are really incredible shooters, but is there enough spacing in that front court to make all that work? Yeah, Collins can stretch the defense. Um, And is there enough he's, foot he's, quickness on defense yeah. to then, you know, like...
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting because I feel like when Nurkic went down, they're like, all right, we just got to get, like, obviously another big man in here to kind of steady us a little. And Whiteside will be able to do that, right? Like, I'm not going to come on here and say Whiteside is, like, a huge minus, although he might be a little bit of a minus for them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, he'll be able to keep them, no treading water, I think. I think.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, it'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting fit on on defense. I mean, that that might help them some. Yeah. I think they will miss Cantor's ability offensively,
0: though. I agree.
1: And I mean, they seem like a team that's really relying on some internal growth. From guys like Anthony Simons, who's yep. like their poor man's Michael Porter Jr. basically. Right.
0: Like. Anthony Simons is just the guy that everybody's writing the feature on this summer. <laughs> yep, he sure is. That goes and like covers the Blazers. Like is Anthony Simons, you know, ready to play twenty-five minutes a game? I, I don't think so. Uh no. He was good in summer league. He he totally like changed the Western Conference seating in the playoffs last season by himself on you know one of the final nights of the regular wow. season
1: wow king maker <laughs> Anthony Simon but
0: um I'm not ready to say he's gonna be like a huge contributor for them next year
1: yeah fair and it seems like they're counting a lot on Rodney Hood who look had a great series against the Nuggets mm-hmm. um but I I feel like we've seen this before people getting excited about Rodney Hood having one good playoff series and then being reminded He's just Rodney Hood, like nothing, nothing to see here. Move along. Yeah, Um, and you know, Nasir Little was a nice little like lottery ticket, sure, right, right. But I mean, you're you're they're kind of putting a lot of eggs in that in that basket, and who knows what happens with Nurkic when he gets back? Right. Who knows if he even plays next season? Yeah.
0: So yeah, I think we're in agreement. I think Portland definitely took a step back. The Timberwolves. Probably a step back as well. They almost got D'Angelo Russell this summer, which is kind of hard to believe. And you kind of feel like that's going to be how Minnesota maybe operates here over the next couple summers. They just try to get in the mix for that disgruntled Uh superstar and pair him with Towns. I I could see Minnesota kind of trying to be that team over the next few seasons.
1: They seem so desperate to get rid of Wiggins. I mean, (laughs) wouldn't you? I guess so. I mean, what would you take for Wiggins? Or what would you give up for Wiggins? I mean, if I'm the Nuggets, like... Do they have to attach a pick for you to make that trade?
0: Oh, yes. And <laughs> if you're a team taking on Wiggins, you're obviously going to give back your really bad contract. The Nuggets don't really have one of those right, right now.
1: Right, even Barton wouldn't work.
0: No, I would much rather Will Barton on the Nuggets and Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, for
1: sure. 100%. Um, it's funny,
0: Zach Lowe on one of his podcasts this summer was just kind of relaying some scuttle he heard from summer league. And I think some executive he was saying told him that the wolves are going to trade Wiggins and they're going to win the trade. And then he was trying to think of what team would get suckered into a Wiggins trade. Yeah. I can't really think of one. (sighs) I mean, maybe like a Phoenix
1: Oh, well, you know, or Phoenix like seems prime for the taking in
0: Orlando, yeah. you know, one of those teams, a Charlotte. I could see actually Charlotte doing it.
1: I mean, I'm sure the Knicks are our game to make something stupid happen for Wiggins, mm-hmm. but they have like no assets to give. Yeah, do you trade one uh, Canadian, one overhyped Canadian for another uh, overhyped Canadian? I, I don't think so. Yeah, so um, I think Minnesota
0: probably won't have to worry about that much this coming year.
1: Nope, the yeah. Thunder.
0: Obviously a step back, but yeah. they'll be pesky. They've got Gallinari, they your boy. Yes, yeah. Uh, they've got Chris Paul, who seems like will at least start the year in Oklahoma City. So they've got Steven right. Adams. They, they've got some pieces there.
1: Shea just will be fun on that team. Yep. I right. always forget Steven they have Adams. Them. Yeah, I do too. Um, they're another team that kind of took the Anthony Simons route with uh, drafting Darius Baisley. Uh, which is interesting. Maybe that's just an assist to a uh, clutch and uh, trying to sign future clutch represented players down the road. Mm-hmm. Andre Robertson will be back, you think?
0: Uh, yeah, but <laughs> it seems like he's about to come back every couple of months Ugh. and then doesn't. So.
1: I wish you guys could see Harrison's face and responding <laughs> to that. Um, Robertson Gallinari isn't the worst forward pairing in the world. They can kind of no, like complement each other. It's certainly not the worst, but. And then I mean. Steven Adams. Like truly, the more I look at this roster, it's like, yeah, Jeremy Grant should have a high cup because there was no spacing in this offense. Yeah. You have, you have Westbrook, you have Adams, you have these, you know, you have guys like Robertson who obviously didn't play last year, but he was in the mix a couple years ago. You've got guys like Nerlens Noel. Um, he's going to find a lot more room to operate than mm-hmm. he did in Oklahoma City. Let's finish with the two teams that obviously
0: took a step up yeah. and improved themselves this summer, the Nuggets and the Jazz. We've talked about what Denver's done you know, at, at length on this podcast. <laughs> yes. so, well, let's focus on the Jazz here. I think they definitely got better. No doubt. Adding Mike Conley, adding Boyan Bogdanovich, two really solid additions there. Yeah, I still have my questions about the Jazz. I question their depth. Yes. Um, I still question just their versatility on the offensive end, which was obviously their biggest detriment last year. And not a ton of bigs on that roster after they lose Derek Favors. I mean, mm-hmm. it's pretty much Rudy Gobert, Ed Davis, and then not much else. Truly nothing. Uh, so I still think Denver is better than Utah, I would pick the Nuggets to win the division right now. But I definitely do think Utah improved themselves and probably improved and heightened their ceiling in the playoffs, most importantly.
1: Yeah, so you don't think Conley helps them become a little more versatile offensively?
0: Uh, I think he helps them become more versatile, but I still wonder if they're going to be versatile enough.
1: Right, fair. Because, I mean, who's
0: really initiating stuff on that team now? Conley... Donovan Mitchell, right, and then you know I think they still run into some of the issues they had last year.
1: Yeah, fair. I um I thought the Conley trade, well they had to make it at face value. It's not a bad trade. I did think it left them with it really killed um their depth, and then they they were able to make up for that with the Bogdanovich signing, mm-hmm. which was one that made me cringe because I can't get that amazing game that he had against the Nuggets towards the end of the year oh, there yeah. <laughs> uh, for Indiana and just the incredible season that he had for them, for the Pacers last year. And he can be a really nice complement in a front court next to Gobert, I think. Um, but boy, is their depth hurting. Is he going to be able to guard Paul Millsap? Mm, that'll be a fun little matchup, them going back and forth to each yeah.
0: other. I feel like Utah went from this team that played some, like, Favors and Gobert and were kind of one of the, uh, I don't want to say old school because right. you know, they're pretty modern there analytically and just kind of their philosophy on yeah. offense. But, you know, they they had two guys in Favors and Gobert who Favors kind of a throwback guy. Totally. Who they were trying to play heavy minutes. Now they're totally, you know, going small.
1: So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, especially uh, after the bench unit looks yucky. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, guys like Moutier, this is another team where, you know, pencil in maybe the most important underrated guy if it's Simons in uh, in Portland, that's probably Dante Exum in Utah. I would agree. Which, uh, good luck with that, you know. I'm a big Exum guy. Um, I just don't know if he'll stay on the floor. Fair, fair. I don't think Utah does either. But they could use that athleticism in length, for sure. Mm -hmm.
0: All right, before we go here, give me your projected order of finish in this Northwest division.
1: I think the Jazz will be pesky, assuming uh, good health. Um, But I think the Nuggets edge them out, and I think it's, uh, yeah, kind of chalk. Denver, Utah, Portland a little behind. I'm going to say the Thunder ahead of the T-Wolves.
0: Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. I'd agree. That's my, f- that's my order as well. Nuggets, Jazz, Blazers, Thunder, Timberwolves. Yeah. That's probably the order most people have. But it still should be a really competitive d-
1: division. 100%.
0: And I think it will be a really close battle to the bitter end with Denver and Utah. We'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah, and Jokic will have some fun matchups between uh, Gobert and Steven Adams. and Right, oh, all the big men in this division. So much talent at center in that division, yeah. Your guy, Whiteside. (laughs) All right, Andre, thanks for coming on, man. I guess you'll be back next Tuesday if we Uh,
0: keep up this. I think it's penciled in. I think it's a done deal. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Talk to you then.
2: but they also offer a rewards program that will help towards your purchases.
1: I would recommend Frosted Leaf to a friend, and I would tell them to look forward to different strains and to knowledgeable help.
2: Check out Frosted Leaf's three Denver locations and download their app today.